Thank you for tuning in to the Two Man Kappa podcast, where we are instructed to know God, inspired to love God, and challenged to obey God. Here are some thoughts from Joshua 7 and Hebrews 5 and 6 at our early morning XA Abide time back on March 10th. Thanks for listening. So Joshua 7 um, is not one of my favorite stories in the Bible, um, but it is in there for good reason. Um, And so just for context, uh, in Joshua chapter 6, they had conquered, the people of Israel had conquered Jericho. The walls had fallen down and they won a big, big battle. But God had also told them that um, they were supposed to give all of the wealth that they found in Jericho, basically, to God. Um, Gold and robes and stuff like that. And everything else was really supposed to be destroyed. Um, And so... They went through all that, and then they get ready to go after the next city, to take over the next city. And they're like, oh, this is a small city. We only need to send a small contingent to go to go take over the city. So they do that, and they get routed. Um, and so this is where we pick up the story in Joshua 7, verse 6, um, as the, the soldiers who were routed come running back, like, oh, we're all going to die. Then Joshua tore his clothes and fell face down on the ground before the ark of the Lord, remaining there till evening. The elders of Israel did the same and sprinkled dust on their heads. And Joshua said, Alas, sovereign Lord, why did you ever bring this people across the Jordan to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us? If only we had been content to stay on the other side of the Jordan. Pardon your servant, Lord. What can I say now that Israel has been routed by its enemies? The Canaanites and the other people of the country will hear about this, and they will surround us and wipe out our name from the earth. What then will you do for your own great name? Which is funny to me a little bit because he sounds kind of like the whiny Israelites when Moses was still around. They were like, why do we leave Egypt? And Joshua's kind of mouthing that, but he does ask forgiveness and gives a good reason for why he's upset. Um, Because if all the other enemies see that this little tiny city beat them up, then they're all going to gang up on them at once and try to wipe them out. So the Lord says to Joshua, stand up. What are you doing down on your face? Israel has sinned. They have violated my covenant, which I commanded them to keep. They have taken some of the devoted things. They have stolen. They have lied. They have put them with their own possessions. That is why the Israelites cannot stand against their enemies. They turn their backs and run because they have been made liable to destruction. I will not be with you anymore unless you destroy whatever among you is devoted to destruction. And so Israel had become God's enemy by taking what only belongs to God, um, by refusing to fully obey him. Um, which is really strong warning. Um, I'll have a few more comments on that after we look at um, Hebrews here. This is Hebrews 5, 11 through 6, 3, and then also verses 7 through 9 of chapter 6. Hebrews 5, 11, we have much to say about this, uh, which is actually the high priesthood of Jesus, um, but it is hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, You need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk being still an infant is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Therefore, let's move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death and of faith in God, Instruction about cleansing rites, laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment, and God permitting, we will do so. Land that drinks in the rain often 
falling on it, and that produces a crop useful to those for whom it is farmed, receives the blessing of God. But land that produces thorns and thistles is worthless and is in danger of being cursed. In the end, it will be burned. Even though we speak like this, dear friends, we are convinced of better things in your case, the things that have to do with salvation. I'm really grateful that uh, the author turns a corner there. Um, this is a really stark warning, um, but it is, uh, it's one that's filled with hope that those who are reading will not be stuck, but will move forward. And so just putting these two stories or two texts together, um, I think we see here that God really wants a harvest from our lives, which Jesus talks about um, in a few different places. God wants goodness to come from our lives. Um, he wants us to not only be acquainted with the teaching about righteousness, but he wants righteousness to come from us. And as we, we walk in his way, which is righteous, then, then we cooperate with him and, and he can do amazing things through us for those around us. And as Hebrews 6 continues, it talks about... Um, loving loving god's people um even while they're suffering and this is this is really proof of salvation so god wants this kind of a, a harvest from our lives but if we withhold from god what belongs to god um which is i mean you could simplify that just to simply obedience um it will stop our advance and it cuts us off from his goodness um when god demands something from your life and you refuse to give it um you get stuck um, and there's no more going forward. You're not going to advance into his promises when you refuse to give him what he is, what he's calling for. Um, sometimes it's very simple stuff. Like these are sinful behaviors that need to stop. Um, you can't do this anymore. Um, sometimes it's when God calls for our treasures, as he did with Abraham, um, calling him to, to give his son, which ultimately he gave his son back to him. But God, God wants to know and wants us to know that he has our whole hearts. And so when we withhold from God, what God demands, we, we won't go forward. And it doesn't just stop with us. It will hinder our whole community. Um, and so even I've been thinking and praying more about just wanting to see the kingdom of God advance at Tulane. Um, and it just calls us to re remember, like if, if there are things in our individual lives that we withhold from God, it will hinder um, really all of Chi Alpha from what God may wanna do through us. Um, the Hebrews passage, um, it's not necessarily that there's a specific obedience that's being withheld, but it's more people are stopping their own advance, um, whether it be through laziness or indifference. Um, if you read the, read the whole letter, it's almost like they're, they're actually kind of wanting to go back to Egypt in a sense. They want to go back to when things were easier, um, before um, people were persecuting them for loving Jesus. Almost similar to, to Joshua's prayer, like, why have you brought us this far? This is hard. I want to go home. Um, and so when we stop moving forward, when we stop moving forward, we again, we miss out on God's goodness. So I, I want us to, to move forward with the Lord, um, that there are better things um, in store as we continue to walk with him. There is a promised land to be taken um, for the glory of God that we get to enjoy. So I just want to take a time for us to search our own hearts. Is there anything that the Lord is calling us, calling us towards, calling us away from? Um, or just obvious things like, yes, I've, there's some sin that I need to repent of um, and bring that to the Lord. And then we'll move into a time of prayer. So let's just take a few minutes and, and search our hearts before the Lord. Mm -hmm. 